Patriots are circling a drain in the toilet, being flushed. I'm reporting it exclusively here on the Crowley Show. They are done! This schism is too much to overcome. Joining me now to discuss our friend from the Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio, and the Locked on NFL Podcast. He is Matt Williamson. Matty Ice. Matt the Toolman Williamson. What is going on, my friend? What's up, brother? How you doing? Bro, obviously the Patriots are 13-3, and and they're really good, and they're not going to lose a game because of all this stuff going on. But did the Patriots make the wrong decision by trading Jimmy Garoppolo when they did? Well, certainly when they did, the timing was terrible in terms of getting value in return. I very much believe that the Browns or somebody right around the time of the draft would have given them more draft capital than an early second rounder. Um, I, I don't know if people out there know, I've been a huge Garoppolo supporter for a long time, and I think he's very much the real deal. What he's done in San Francisco even surprises me a little. I mean, just uh, how well he's played. But, I, I mean, I, I said, I wrote an article right after they made the deal that this will go down as one of the Niners' best moves in a storied franchise history, that he's going to be wow. the answer for a very long time. Um, and I think Belichick's unhappy about it. I mean, I think that he laid this out very well, that he was going to have a Favre the Rodgers-like plan, and that's not how it went, and now they got to go back to the drawing board. And, oh, by the way, they traded away, away Brissett for a bag of chips, and it doesn't look good. It does not look good, and I'm wondering, and we've had this conversation, but for those in the audience who haven't heard, who do you think is more responsible for the Patriots being who they are? Is it Bill Belichick or is it Tom Brady? I don't know. I mean... Take a stand, man. I mean, Walsh or Montana, you know, I mean... I'm taking the quarterback every time. Yeah, I mean, I lean that way, but I do very much believe that Belichick is an elite head coach. Oh, my God, he's a great head coach. Yes, you know, I, I do think he's an overrated GM, though, you know, in terms of team building and... Wouldn't it be nice to have Chandler Jones right now? And, you know, See, some of the guys that he's let walk and some of their personnel decisions. And they brought in a lot of wide receivers that haven't worked over the years. So I think he doesn't get enough heat for that regard. But I guess it's Brady. But the thing is, though, remember Brady when he was – I mean, there was a reason he was a six-round pick. Sure thing. I mean, he was not a good prospect. Um, he didn't throw the ball well. He was underdeveloped. I mean, I don't know that he would have become Tom Brady – in Joe Average land. So I'll play a little devil's advocate here on myself. Chuck Knoll gave Tom, uh, gave uh, Terry Bradshaw some time. Uh, they didn't cut him when he was subpar at the beginning of his career, and they allowed him to be the guy who eventually helped win four championships. Uh, whereas Bill Belichick, they dropped this guy in the sixth round. He did have success right, right there off the bat, which was, of course, good for them. But uh, there is something to the coach saying, okay, I'm going to have faith in this guy, and we'll see what happens. For sure. And Bradshaw was the first overall pick. You know, I mean, times have changed. It's not like in today's day and age where, you know, the, 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 they, they get thrown They're actually burning in. Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland right now. Like, they're actually setting him on fire. <laughs> Um, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I do think a great coach like Noel or Belichick having extreme faith and patience and building things around the quarterback is absolutely the way to go. I don't know if that's groundbreaking. You know, I mean, I'm not sure what the question is, to be honest with you here. Flabby. Okay. 
You know what? I'm just trying to have a nice conversation with you, Matt. And okay. then you go ahead and you call me slappy. I'm just more just trying to pick your brain here because I, I do think that the the quarterback is what drives success in the National Football League. Again, not that I'm And I bet Belichick would tell you that, which is why he's unhappy that they gave away a franchise guy for the next 10 years. So here's my theory on all this. After reading the piece, and I'm sure you read the piece today, yes? No, but I meant to. I have it on my iPad queued up, and I will, and I've discussed it with several, so I'm pretty familiar. Okay, well, just make sure that you set aside about an hour and a half to read the damn thing. <laughs> right. Come on, Wickersham, like, cut out some words there, man. But my theory is this, that like Chandler Jones uh, gets cut, he leads the league in sacks, Brady looks around and he sees, well, shoot, maybe I'm just a commodity. Maybe I'm just a guy. Maybe Belichick doesn't look at me at all sentimentally, Maybe Belichick is just thinking, uh, I'm going to be gone, and he's going to win next with Garoppolo. So he goes over the head of Bill Belichick, talks to Robert Kraft, says, Rob, my man, love your mac and cheese, dude. Let me be your guy. I'll be here till I'm 45. Let's win together. You're 75. You're going to die anyway. Let's just make this happen. And then Kraft tells Belichick, Look, Brady's my guy. Let's move on. Let's trade Garoppolo. Let's get an asset in return that we can win with Brady with. I don't think that's far-fetched. I mean, because even this past offseason, I often said Brady might win the MVP in the Super Bowl and get cut. You know, because I know that they loved Jimmy. And to give away the guy that's way younger is not good business, even if it is Mm -hmm. the best quarterback that ever lived that's still playing well. But he's not going to play well for five more years. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. But you don't give away the long-term quarterback no matter what. I mean, if you piss off Brett Favre because Aaron Rodgers is ready, eh, that's the way it goes. I mean, it's just a nasty business. Rarely do you get to write your own check. And maybe Brady did take that approach. Like, hey, I'm pretty good. I don't want to play. I think I can play a couple more years. I don't want it to be in Cincinnati or, you know, or somewhere else. So, and me and Bobby Kraft are pretty good buds. Um, maybe, you know, I do think it's important to note, though, that Garoppolo and Brady have the same agent. I think that it would make sense for the agent to orchestrate what did happen. That's a good point by you. Matt That's best for his client, I think. Uh, get him on best, the field, wants best to play. For, it's best for him, too, right? Um, because Garoppolo is going to get, at best, what, franchise tag? Or, you know, he's the guy, and then Brady's out looking for a job, and Garoppolo is going to make more money on the open market than Brady would, right? Yes. And I think Kirk Cousins is on the cusp of becoming the highest paid player of all time. But if I'm Garoppolo's agent, I would tell the Niners, you'd rather have Jimmy than Kirk. I want that kind of money. Matt, is Brady playing well now? By his standards, I would say the last month or so, no. He's had a couple down games. He's missed throws. He's taken a lot of hits, but he's resting and he's gearing up, and I bet he's going to be unbelievable a week from now. Oh, jeez. Come on. You're probably right. Matt Williamson <laughs> here on the Crowley Show. Uh, this is a personal question because uh, it is my show, and I the listener cares about me. Let's be, let's be real here. I got a keeper league in fantasy, okay? Hmm, and okay. I picked up Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was a free agent when I picked him up. So I'll get him in the 16th or 17th round next year. That's pretty damn good, yes? Indeed. Okay, very good. Matt Williamson joining me here. Let's look at the wild card weekend. You down? Sure. Titans, Chiefs, Kansas City, winners of four straight after losers of a bunch in a row after they won five straight. 
Are they finally the Chiefs that the Chiefs used to be before the Chiefs became the bad Chiefs that they were before they became these Chiefs? Close. You know, especially at home. They have surprisingly better numbers at home defensively. It's a really loud place to play. They get people you know, jumping off sides and crowd noise is a problem for them. Um, I think the offense is fixed. The defense is better at home. I think they're not the, the, the last undefeated team that we saw, but certainly not that stretch of ugliness that the Steelers started. I think they're the third best team in the in the AFC. Uh, I should be a decided um, favorite in this week. Uh, Tennessee's not very good. Yeah, I don't think so either. Are they the weakest team in the entire field? No, Buffalo. Are they the second weakest team in the entire field? Yes. We move ahead to Buffalo. Bills and Jags. The Jags quietly haven't been very good of late. They lost two in a row. Now, the last game right. didn't mean anything. Neither did the one before that, frankly. Jimmy G carved them up. And my man, Jimmy G, my 16th round pick next year, carved them up. They're also 3-3 three and three in their last six. Is Buffalo, are they cruising for a bruising after they beat the Bills when they play the Steelers? Probably. I mean, I, th- I still think that defense is very, very legit and... Your quarterback's going to be under duress a lot against the Jags. A huge key for them, including this week, even though they're the better team, is how does the beginning of the game go? You know, if Jacksonville's down 10 nothing to anybody, that's a problem. You know, but if they're up 10 nothing to somebody, that's a problem for you. You know, like, the game flow is very important to them. And to me, that's the only chance Buffalo has in this one is get an early pick or a return of some sort get up on the scoreboard, make Blake throw a little bit more. But even though Jacksonville has struggled a little bit the past couple weeks, one thing I think that's really important for them is I thought Fournette looked the best he has all year in Week 17. Okay, and that's not good for a Steelers team that hasn't been good at defending the running game. No. Has Blake Bortles, the guy who started off playing football the way Blake Bortles did this season, who reverted to playing football like a good Blake Bortles. Has he now turned back into the guy who's playing like Blake Bortles at the beginning of the year as opposed to the Blake Bortles in the middle of the year? So I like your Kansas City convoluted question. No. The answer, he is, I know those last two games he's thrown, what, five or six picks or something like that. But if you watch the tape, he's way better in these last two games than he was last year. Last year was okay. a disaster. He was an embarrassment. He was an awful quarterback. He's, I don't want to say he's turned the corner. But I, I'm convinced that he has flat-out improved and it wasn't a fluke. Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Check him out on the Locked On NFL podcast, Steelers Nation Radio, and the Steelers Radio Network. The NFC, to me, is way more interesting this weekend. Like, sure. It's not even close. I want to know who the Steelers are playing, and I really want to see the Chiefs go to New England. But beyond that, the Rams-Falcons is sexy, man. The Rams are playing at home. The Rams are a darling, so to speak. The Falcons haven't been the Falcons yet this year, but there's always kind of that hope they can revert back to the Falcons of last year. Who you got in that game, and are we looking at a shootout here? I think so, although the, the best way to attack the Rams is on the ground. They're not a great run defense, and maybe Atlanta goes on the road and plays slow and controls the game with Freeman and Coleman and good backs. Um, I'm a golf believer for the long term, but I think that Atlanta certainly has the quarterback and certainly has the experience edge. You know, the playoff jitters and you know guys playing in the first play a big game like that. 
All that being said, I think when you break down the schematics, they really favor the Rams. You know, that, for example, Atlanta is very vanilla on defense. You know what you're going to get. It's a Seahawks-like defense. And a guy like McVay should just scheme the heck out of it. He knows cover three is coming. He's going to attack you with cover three beaters all day long. And Atlanta allows a lot of receptions to running backs. Gurley's going to catch the ball a ton. The biggest thing to me, though, is, is on the other side, like Atlanta's offensive line is pretty good, and their tackles are good, their center's excellent. They're banged up, though, a little bit, aren't they? But their guards are really bad. Yeah. And Aaron Donald lines up over the outside shoulder of the guard. He's the best offensive player in the league. I think Aaron Donald will be a joy to watch in this one and will be an utter wrecking machine. So the Rams win, yes? I think so, and I think they cover. I think they're out they're favored by like seven or something like that. I mean, a lot of people think Atlanta wins this game, and I think, I think coaching really helps the Rams in this one. Every spread this week is six or more. Yeah, you're looking at the Rams; they're favored by six. You're looking at the Chiefs; they're favored by eight and a half. You're looking at the Jags favored by eight and a half against Buffalo. I guess none of this is really all that surprising. I'm with you when it comes to Falcons Rams. Panthers-Saints is very interesting to me, except for the Panthers haven't played well against the Saints this year. New Orleans has been very good at home. They've won nine straight games there. They're favored by seven. i got to go with the Saints again. How about you? Yeah, me too. And maybe not if it were in Carolina, but in the Dome, playoff atmosphere, breeze. I think that's a bad combination. Um, that, that combination of Ingram and Kamara have done a lot of damage in the two matchups so far. Um, Thomas, I think, will have a really big day against a questionable secondary. And the Panthers are a little bit tough because Newton's a little bit tough. That right. they, they don't run the ball well out of just base alignment, hand the ball to the running back. It's all Newton, and I think he will get a lot of carries in this game because you go for broke, you're not going to save him in any way. But, man, he is such an erratic passer that if he's not sharp and making big-time throws, his receivers don't help him very much. The the offense is really disjointed, and I think on the road in that kind of environment against a much-improved defense, they're in trouble. you got a favorite playoff round? I like the wild card weekend, but next weekend's my favorite. When you still got all the big boys involved and you've got the teams that were able to make their way through the first round, I like next weekend better than this weekend, I think. Yeah, I do too. I just think there's better teams. Um, there's no bills. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really all you need to say. Right. That was it. Uh, really appreciate the time, Matt. I feel like you handled my BS fairly well. And let's do it again on Monday and then on Friday as we look ahead to who the Steelers are going to play next week. All right, we'll see. Take care of yourself, man. See you. Eat, bleep, pit. Matt, the tool man, Williamson. Coming up next, we got Dale Lolly because I stack guests on Fridays because I'm lazy as all get out. We got Randy Slack from 6 o'clock until 7. But I got a theory. A theory. Beyond just the sentimental value, why Robert Kraft did what he did. It's a Crowley show. It's 
got real during the break. Uh, a lot of emotional talk going on. A lot of on. love going on. A lot of love going on yeah, here around the Crowley Show. Dude, we're a tight unit here. We are. We're a tight unit. We even like Tom. Yeah, and that's that's going out there. Although, let's let the listener in on a little practical joke we like to do, because I, I feel like this could be something it's moving good forward stuff, on the dude. Like, show. that was cracking me up during the Williamson segment. A couple of weeks ago, we were here at the Carson City Saloon, which, by the way, should come by and drink some Bud Lights, and they're going to be open all night. People. With us. People are going to get hammered. Next Friday, we're actually planning something here. We'll give you more details on if that can happen. We'll let you know. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were upstairs, Tom and I were, and uh, I brought him up a couple of Bud Lights, and I have anxiety, and sometimes I have panic attacks. They've become fewer and farther between since I started to uh, hit the marijuana tree a little bit harder. (laughs) And one of the things I do is if I feel a panic attack coming on, if I have access to an alcoholic beverage, I will drink said alcoholic beverage. It's incredibly unhealthy. Uh, it is dependency. It is. There's a correlation. Uh, yeah. Like it, relaxing, corralling, and beer in hand. It's a precursor to my future alcoholism and <laughs> inevitably the divorce that will happen when my wife says, <laughs> you can only function whenever you've had a couple of beers. Oh, she'll put up with it. So I felt one coming on, and I had my beer, and I had Tom's beer, and I set Tom's beer down, and I drank mine quickly as to evaporate said anxiety. And. Tom's looking off in the other direction, and he's hooking stuff up, and he's doing all the things that Tom's supposed to do because Tom's really good at his job. And I just stole his beer and started drinking it. And he looks at me. He's like, what the bleep, man? Like, Sorry. Anxiety. Yeah, it's just the anxiety It's the anxiety. Yeah. You, you try to play the card if you can, and Tom was cool with it in that instance. But then we saw an opportunity. So yesterday, we're at where we were, and... <laughs> we each got a beer, and I finished my beer, and I saw Tom's was half full, because I'm an optimistic guy, and Tom was off in the bathroom, and I thought, okay, I'm going to drink his beer. It's going to be hilarious. He comes back. He's pissed. Yeah. Now we got a running joke. We got a running joke. So, fast forward to today. <laughs> Last segment. Tom's down on his phone doing whatever it is that you young millennials do. I wouldn't. Ever understand that? Uh, he's intently on his phone. Intently, too. like I think maybe like his girlfriend's got serious issues going on. Or nice. Something. Or there's nudes. Yeah, I've there never, might be nudes. Nice. That was a nude stare. Yeah, I've never yeah. looked so hard at something whenever there was not a naked woman yeah. on it. Yeah, there's genitals involved. So Tom's looking at these genitals, right? And I reach slowly towards his beer, pick it up. Tom doesn't notice, so I start drinking the beer. Tom doesn't notice. Drink half the beer, put it down. Tom's still looking at the female body. Yeah, yeah. the beer's nice. now half of what it was. It is, uh, which is about a quarter left. Next thing I know, ask a question of Mr. Matt Williamson. Reach for the beer again. Tom, fully invested on the nudity on his phone. I get the beer to my lips as Tom looks up, and profanity start flying from his mouth. Down the gullet she goes... So now I will be drinking Tom's beers. That is the Crowley Show joke. None yeah. of you can see it, but just a little. See, the moral of this story, just understand that it comes off like this. That, like, Tom looks down in a disappointing way every, like, I don't know, every hour or so to find that his beer's been drank. And it's awesome. It's ac- absolutely great. But Tom's getting increasingly more pissed off about it as we go along. He's not a fan of it, and no. I understand why. I mean, he was drinking a good beer. But that's we're 12 on this show. That's what we do. We... It's interesting. I think Madden's show probably appeals to the lowest common denominator. 
because Madden's always trying to rile up the base. Madden's always trying to rile up the inbreds and the yinzers out there in the world. I think our show can be a little bit weird. Actually, that's not true. Our show is incredibly weird. It's a lot weird. But we're also smart, I think, especially when we need to be. So we're not always trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator. But for those of you out there who are in that lowest common denominator. Yeah, who are your people? Yeah, you probably don't know even what that means. But if you don't know what lowest common denominator <laughs> yeah, then means, you're, you're in that group. You're, you're people. You can understand me <laughs> drinking a free beer that another guy's not drinking. It's all yeah. free. I'm not taking money yeah. out of his pocket. I'm yeah. drinking that beer. And for the pure enjoyment of watching his face when he realized said beer is not there anymore. That's it's, it's as simple as it gets. Joe is back in the studio, and I'm going to ask Joe a question. Joe, please answer on the air. Do whatever you need to do to be able to answer this question on the air. Do we have Dale? I heard you say something about Dale in my ear, but I'm wearing a beanie. I'm trying to cover up this wound that I have <laughs> from my dermatologist today, so I'm not hearing things as well as I should. Do we got Lolly on the show? Ah, uh, no, I left my voicemail. I haven't heard back. Okay, Lolly's dead. Lolly's today. pulling that on us now. You know what happened? What? Every Monday, I have Dale and Williamson on the show. Yeah. I think Dale's as good as it gets when it comes to Steelers reporting. I think Matt's as good as it gets when it comes to looking around the National Football Anything League. Anything NFL, yep. So I got Williamson on every Monday and every Friday. I get Dale on every Monday. Dale would not reply to my text on Monday. Still have not heard back Did from Dale. Did you do something to Dale? I don't think so. Is there so. anything that like sticks in your mind that you may have done to him to like piss him off? I think Dale might think I'm a liberal. Oh, well, I think this is it. He's not the only guy to think that. No, I get that all the time. In fact, two people last night tweeted me out of the blue and said, I'm sick of your liberal BS. And somebody else said, you're a snowflake and I'm done. And I think I know why that happened. You know why that happened? Why? Talked about the Rooney Rule and stood up for it yesterday. Oh, that's why. Yeah. You, you're all snowflake. Exactly what it was. Nothing. There's nothing like that. To I'm a bad guy yeah, for bringing up the Rooney Rule. Yeah, I see what you did. Yeah. Okay, we've made fun of Lolly enough that we do have him now Hopefully. on the line. Hopefully, he doesn't hate you. Lolly, what's going on, man? Why are you ignoring my texts on Monday? I ignored your text on Monday. Tuesday, actually, I think it was. My days are all screwed up this week. I asked you to come on the show on Tuesday. I got nothing in return. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear. It. I didn't see it. Okay, it's a likely excuse, Lolly. I just I hate you too. I mean, that's okay. You know, that's, that's what well I was getting. Fact. I'm a little upset with this. Like you and I, man. Back in training camp, people would say if you walked into a room and I wasn't there, where's Crowley, and vice versa. And now we're just—I mean, we're nothing. We went to dinner with our wives. Like we're bros, man. And now you're not responding to my text. It's a little. It's a well, little you know, they, they broke up the team. They the, did. The, what, what can I say? We used to see each other twice a week for Steelers Nation Radio, and now we maybe run into each other once every couple of weeks. Yeah, you're big time to me. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Dale Lolly from DKPittsburghSports.com joining me on the Crowley Show. I love you, Dale. You know that. You're my, D- you're my man, Blue. You're, you're my, my boy. boy, Blue. I've definitely seen that movie. Hey, Dale, what do you make of the report coming out of ESPN when it comes to the New England Patriots? Um, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, any time that you have a, a, a situation with a lot of success, everybody kind of wants to take credit for it. Um, you know, it happened 
with with you know Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones in Dallas. Um, it happened, you know, over and over again throughout the sporting world. It's happened, you know, to every basically every major rock band that has ever existed. Uh, everybody, yeah, everybody wants to take credit for that stuff, and and you know, I think that the Patriots have done a good job over the years, and it's been a, it's been a, a, a question that. People have asked over the years as well. Well, who's who gets who's more responsible for the Patriots being good? Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Is it both? Well, who's who gets credit for it? Um, you know, at some point it reaches ahead, and at this point, uh, you know, from the, the sounds of the story, and I don't doubt that, that much of that is true. Um, that Brady is concerned about his long-term playing future, and Belichick's worried about the team. Um, he's thinking about, okay, who am I going to replace Brady with? And Brady's like, whoa, I'm not going anywhere. And he facilitated from the sounds, but facilitated the trading of of his two backups. Uh, those were both curious moves that everybody kind of wondered about and why the Patriots would deal away both of their, their young backups uh, with, with a 40-year-old quarterback. Um, now I think we have a better idea of why. Yeah, I don't think there's a question about that. I think Brady looks at the entire situation, everything that Belichick's done in the past, and thinks, "Man, I might be the next casualty here. I got to go talk to my macaroni and cheese maker up top, and I got to figure out, hey, uh, can we get these guys out of here so there's no one that's going to threaten my job in the future? Because God knows it's not Brian Hoyer. And now, actually, as I'm thinking about it, who's older? Brady's got to be older than Hoyer, yes? Uh, by about uh, maybe a year or two. Okay, that's still close. funny to me, though. That's funny to me that Brian Hoyer, this long-term backup, is uh, younger than Tom Brady. Dale, I will ask this question, and it is the cliche question, but I've been thinking about it a lot recently, and I, of course, have thought about it today. If you were to give more credit to one guy as opposed to the other, is it Brady who drives the success, or is it the guy who cuts his sweatshirts in a moronic way? I think it's Brady, to me be too. quite frank. Um, you know, I, I've seen Belichick coach over the years without Tom Brady. I saw it happen in Cleveland. He was a good coach, but he didn't win. He didn't win. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, I, I think Brady has, has covered up a lot of these the issues that they've had up there. This, you know, over the years, I think he covers up a lot of the issues that they have this year. I don't think that they have a, a, an uber talented roster. I don't think they're as good as the Steelers. Do they have a lift um, talented roster? That's a bad joke. Yeah, move ahead. <laughs> but I, I think the Steelers, if you look at them, are a better team. Uh, Brady makes the rest of those guys better, uh, and, and he's 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 covers up everything. The Steelers did everything. Uh, you know, if you look at that game that they played uh, three weeks ago, now um, if the Steelers convert on third and four, the game's over. If Sean Davis holds on to an interception to Brady, too, the game's over. Um, if Jesse James catches the ball in the, in, and gets into the end zone, and it's, and it's ruled a touchdown. The game is over. Um, the Steelers are the better team right now. Couldn't agree now, more. They weren't better on that particular day on the scoreboard. It happens. Um, but I think it's Brady. Is Brady playing well right now? I don't think so. And let me I don't want to ask that question, because I think we, could, we would both agree that Brady's not playing great football at this point. When you look at the Steelers' potential road to the championship here, they could play a Jacksonville team that's 3-3 three and three in their last six and one that's lost their last two. Blake Bortles has reverted back to the guy we all know and love. And then you go to New England, and look, New England's good. And Brady's still the GOAT. But he hasn't played like that. 
Maybe the week off will do him some good. But this road that has been deemed like this difficult, this incredibly challenging uh, gauntlet that the Steelers had to go through, I think is a lot more manageable than people think, especially given the talent that Pittsburgh has. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and Brady has not played well in the last month. Um, You know, he's got five interceptions in his last four games, and while that's not earth-shattering, he's not making the throws. As the the ESPN story uh, said, I mean, he's he's getting rid of the football now uh, before taking the hit more often than not. Um, So if you can put pressure on him, uh, he doesn't want to be hit. He won't stand in the pocket like he used to and deliver the football. Um, you know, we saw it with with Peyton Manning at the end of his career, and I don't think Brady has has sunk to Manning's level. Um, you know, Manning was basically uh, a shell of his former self by the end, but, but even with that, he was still able to find ways to win. Uh, and those, that's always the danger with a guy like that. He can beat you with his with his head as much as he can with his arm or his legs. Um, you know, reading the defense and putting the ball in the right spot. So there's always that danger. Um, but he's not the player that he was three or four years ago. Anybody who thinks he is is, is fooling themselves. Dale Lawley joining me here from DKPittsburghSports.com. Dale, I think it's poetic justice that Cam Hayward gets the all-pro nod. Yeah, you look at the Pro Bowl nominations, and there's a lot that goes into that. Cam Hayward's got 12 sacks this year, and that to me isn't even as staggering as just watching him play week in and week out. This guy deserves it, and I'm not a big guy who talks about snubs, but for a guy who I like, a guy who is a good human being plus a great football player, this guy deserves every single second of attention he's going to get. And him being named to the All-Pro team, he totally deserves this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that you know the, the way that the All-Pro team designates those guys makes that easier for Hayward to do that. He was designated as an interior lineman, interior defensive lineman instead of a defensive tackle, because that's what he plays most of the time. Um, you know, I think that the the way that the NFL listed lists for its All Pro team lists him as a defensive end. Um, you know, <laughs> I bet you seventy percent of his snaps though are taken from a defensive tackle position yeah. in the nickel and dime defenses. So, you know, I think if this was a much more representative spot for him. Uh, you know, he's not an edge guy uh, like a Calais Campbell or a Khalil Mack or those guys. He is an interior defensive lineman. Uh, he's just not listed as so as the Steelers for the Steelers because he plays 3-4 defensive end. And the 3-4 technically really isn't really their base anymore. Their base is their nickel defense. It's absolutely their base at this point. Uh, Dale, appreciate the time, man. Uh, thank you very much. And we got to get the wives together, man, maybe at the end of the season. But we got to hang out. I miss you, dude. Yeah, it's been too long, Adam. I'm sorry for blowing you off. I, did, I thought you were blowing me off. Huh. I, I completely missed I said, oh, Adam doesn't love me anymore. It's Dale, over. Dale, that ain't the We're case, breaking man. up. Dale, you and me are boys. And we will forever <laughs> be boys. Okay? I am not. I am not, however, getting my my belly button uh, pierced. That is not happening. No, and nice. uh, actually the, the next request that I have of you, and this will be if the Steelers do ultimately make it to the Super Bowl, then this will be during the bye week. And if they don't make the Super Bowl, this will be after the season. We would love to have a studio audience there when the piercing happens, if it does in fact happen. So we'll be in touch, my friend. <laughs> I would very much like to be there because I think you'll cry. 
I think there's a 90% chance I cry. And <laughs> the other 10% is just if I black out before that. Thanks, buddy. All right, we'll see you, Adam. There he goes, Dale Lolly, DKPittsburghSports.com. I love Dale. I do. And he got a lot of heat for a tweet that he sent out last weekend. And I know where he's coming from. I had a similar conversation with my friends who were over at the house when Katie Brown kind of outed Dayon. Twitter to, got way drama. It did, man. And I'm not I'm not saying that Dayon's gay or anything. I mean, not outed in that way. No. But Dayon got outed for kind of being a jerk. And, look, I've heard some similar things. I've also heard things from people who like Dayon. But Dale's point was some employers are going to look at that in a negative fashion. Katie Brown's good enough to go out and get a job because she's good at what she does. She probably didn't need to do that. Uh, to each their own there. But to give hate to Dale and to act like he's a bad dude because he doesn't believe in what you believe in, that's trash. You know what? That pisses me off, in fact. I can't stand when because someone has a different viewpoint than what you have, you make them out to be a bad guy. I've known Dale for years, and I don't know if I'd be in the position that I'm in right now if not for Dale because he gave me a comfort level in this job. When I went to training camp for the first time, I didn't know anybody. I consider Mike Pursuta a friend now. One of my better media friends. Love that guy. He's a good dude, and I look at him as a mentor. But I didn't know him. Uh, there are a lot of other guys. Mark Caboli's a good dude. Didn't know him. Didn't know anybody out there on the beat. But I did a show with Dale two days before I went out to my first training camp. First time I ever met Dale. And the night that I got there, he texted me, Hey, man, you want to come out with us? And that's what started the whole thing. Dale's a good guy. And if you're going to flip out on him because he sent a tweet... You can eat me. Up next. Nice. Tom Brady. He's a thousand years old. <laughs> and he's paranoid. He's a human. And I've been told for a long time he's not. We get into it. It's the Crowley Show. Nice. Tom Brady's done. Patriots are over. Bill Belichick going to retire. Disgraced! Alright, that's not actually what's going on. And I understand you've tuned into a Pittsburgh sports show today and the Penguins lost last night in embarrassing fashion. We haven't talked about that for one second. And we're not going to. The Penguins have another game tonight. They're playing the Islanders. They're trailing the Islanders in the same fashion they were trailing the Carolina Hurricanes last night. Here's the deal. They're either going to turn it around or they won't. We're in stiller time right now. We're in ball time right now. And for those of you who have listened to the show, even going back to the morning show days, we're better at talking hockey than just about anyone. So we'll get to it. But I'll prioritize what I want to prioritize, particularly on a Friday when I really want to do what I want to do. So I want to talk about the Patriots and the Seth Wickersham story. I did reach out to Seth to see if he'd come on the program ambitious I think you would call that but we try to get the big stars here on the Crowley Show in fact we reached out to Steve Carell we reached out to Bill Nye the science guy not all to talk about the New England Patriots but to talk about whatever they yeah, reached out to Trump today by the way did you go out for yeah Trump? I did okay yeah. yeah are you saying that only for the radio or are you being no serious? I really honestly did yeah I texted Brian a couple of days ago I said I think I'm gonna try to get Trump and Brian said 
don't worry about it. I got an angle here. What did you do? What was your idea? How did you get after Trump? I went through his uh, press people. Basically, is what you have to do. You just have to be persistent with him. So Tell him what part of the groundswell. Well, see, I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping. Like, full on. Like, hoping that the Steelers make the Super Bowl. So, all of a sudden, it becomes relevant for him to have a platform on it. I'm hoping. That's the long shot there. Now, But, hey, you just reach out to him. Hopefully, they'll... they'll uh, Get back to me. Look, we're not going to get Donald I Trump. I booked a president before, though. You have? Yeah. Which I booked, one? I booked Clinton. Clinton was probably trying to repair the image at that point, yes? Um, here's the funny thing. I actually booked him on a, like, right-wing type of talk show. So, was able to get him into, like, the Doesn't answer Lions my question. It, it was, was that what it was? Where, where Clinton's like, look, Americans. There was, there was stuff involved. We couldn't ask anything about that. You know, I mean, it was a milk toast interview. It really was. And Let's like, say we got Trump. Oh, jeez. Let's say we got Trump. Yeah. They would give us, they would give us a list of guidelines, yes? Uh, most likely, yeah. I mean, that's usually What happens if I don't abide by it? The hell are they going to do? Well, I mean, here's the thing, and it's funny. The FCC comes after me? Like, it depends. Then I put a bullet in my head? It I de- ain't afraid of that it guy. It depends solely on how um, how invested you are to getting him on again, which probably would never happen anyway. Zero. So I mean, I guess it'd be all all you know, you fire away. Here's but how, uh, yeah, I, how long he stays would be the question. Well, I would warm up to it at the end. Here's what I got to say about Mr. Trump. Pennsylvania, not exactly a lock for the old red in the upcoming election. I speak to the people. The ratings have gone up 300%. (laughs) I speak to the young people. Our young numbers are going up fairly well. You can do good things for Trump. You want to reach out to the young people and make them think you're not a jackass? I'm the guy to do it. Although, between you and me, Brian, I'm going after that guy. But not politically. No, I have no doubt. Not politically. I'm asking that old fart about the XFL. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to him about The Apprentice. Yep. You're asking him about the good stuff. Really, I just want a promo where Donald yeah. Trump's like, "It's so nice of you to come on with me today." Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. You just want the money shot, basically. Like the Trump, the Trump money shot is like, "Hey, I had Trump on. Here you go, proof of performance." There we're we gonna are. grab him right by the. I just want to find out, like, and honestly, like, how serious is this thing with uh, Kushner and would Ivana be open to dating me? I could care less about her politics. That girl's just hot. She's a perfect woman as far as I'm concerned. But All politics and, like, her talking aside, like, looks and, like, what I'd like next to me, like, she's my girl. The more you talk like that, yeah, the better chance we have to get Trump. Yeah, yeah. The think, more we are think, demeaning to women, the I better th- chance we have. I think it's, I am not being demeaning. I am absolutely uh, worshipping the physical form of this. A little bit of obje- objectifying going on. No, dude, now you're judging. Don't you judge me. A little bit of objectifying. Don't judge me. Yeah, I, I, about I her think about it. She's hot. Uh, should we put it on a poll? Is Ivanka hot? Ivanka hot? Yeah. That underscore out of Crowley. That's good hat. That's a good poll. Yeah, 412 Dude, if you think otherwise, you're seriously insane. I mean, that chick is, uh, that woman, that wonderful... Uh, I'm telling you, we keep getting closer. Uh, that wonderful, uh, educated, um, uh, accomplished woman. She is very beautiful. Is that more along the lines? Don't think you did a great job there. I've got... That's demerit. Joe, That's come on. demerit. It Joe. is Year of Excellence 2.0, and you are being whistled by Joe, which means we've actually decided... Before we would give demerits, 
What we now do is we blow a whistle. Uh, and the whistle means that you have been flagged and it can now be debated. Joe, I would like to know why you whistled Brian, and I will agree or disagree about whether or not he should have been whistled. Uh, he was taking too long to explain himself, and I feel like there was some detrimental explanation there. Wait a minute. So you're basing this solely on the merit of, of how I went about it as opposed to the actual, like, like content in which I argued? Uh, yeah, and I also just wanted to play the whistle. See? Now Damn, that's, 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 that's a no call, you, then. That's a no that's call. That's not helping you, Joe. What I thought it's Joe, no call. What I thought Joe was... You, what I, I, I thought I'm he throwing meant a flag, to say... Throwing a flag. ...is that in your backtracking... In your over-explanation, no, you actually you're, made no, it worse you, for yourself. You can't superimpose That's all your, I'm saying. your argument I, Well, I Joe's. didn't think Joel really explained himself all that well. No, though. no. See, Joe, what you said, are you uh, capable of making that, that assumption on your own? I mean, you weren't coerced in any way? Uh, that is a resolution of mine, Adam, to be more clear, so uh, I'm working on that. So you think you nailed it from the beginning? I nailed it from the beginning? No, I stumbled. No, but you feel like what you said <laughs> was what you meant. Sure. No. Oh, for the love of God. So I'm See, free and clear. clear. I mean, don't you try to whistle me. I was m merely stating that Ivanka is a very beautiful woman who has large no. assets. No! She has Whistle him! There's a lot of assets. Get him, Joe! There's a lot of assets. We can't be talking about women's assets on this show. Joe, what do you think? Why are you whistling him there? Oh, yeah, that, that's clearly... That's yeah. a violation. That's... That that's the first of 2018. I feel like you guys are ganging up on me. Hashtag don't, don't believe me. All right, me. okay, it's a democracy. We're going to go around the table. I say demerit. Brian, you say? No demerit. And Joe? Brian is a loving soul who cares merely about, like, uh, having a loving relationship with a very beautiful woman. Joe? I think the second one's worthy of demerit, I will say. I think a good joke to be made was uh, you could say, since we're discussing about, you know, calls and everything, you could have said Ivanka is a catch, because what is a catch? That would have been funny. That would have been funny. Ivanka's a catch. Yeah, that whistles for Joe for just being bad at radio. Final takeaway from the Trump thing. <laughs> and by Trump, I mean Robert Kraft, but it's easy to get those guys confused. <laughs> You're a big believer that Guerrero is the wedge that came between this beautiful oh, couple. Oh, dude, there's no doubt. I mean, because here's the thing. Look, Brady's fine in a system for so long. Enter this Guerrero guy who, and and like any good charlatan, like any good manipulator, he's not going to go full in. He's not going to just go right out of the gate and be like, look, Brady, this is bad for you. He's going to gain little trust at a time. A little more, a little more, a little more. Once he's in, then he's able to make maybe a little more I don't know, out there statements. He's able to start criticizing people around Brady. And I think that's what's going on. I think, one, he's able, and, and here's the lolly. He, he brought this up that, you know, after so long of a discussion where it involves is Brady the guy, is Belichick the guy, it's got to start to enter your head. And I think somebody like Guerrero is a guy who will take that and manipulate it. That's exactly what he is. He's no different than a David Miscavige with Tom Cruise. No different at all. It's cultish behavior. It's manipulation. It's, it's, it's basic, like, psychology. And Brady's wrapped up in it. It is, and I will blame Guerrero for a large part of that, but I do think that the human psychology comes in and factors in largely because 
Brady wants to be known as the guy. Brady wants Boston fans and sports fans to think that he's the driving force behind their success. Belichick wants to be known as the driving force behind their success, which is why I think ultimately what he wanted was to bring in Garoppolo and win a championship with Garoppolo. Which is the way you should run a football team, oh, really. No, no question, but I'm not even bringing Kraft into this. I think the two biggest egos are the two guys who are most involved with the football operations. Of course, the owner has the ego involved. But Kraft also didn't want to be the guy who said, uh, I'm going to cut Brady. He, he never wanted to be the guy who yeah. jettisoned the greatest quarterback of all time out of town. We're going to go to Devin now, next up on the Crowley Show, 412-922-2874. My man, what's going on, Devin? Oh, man, we ain't allowed to talk about how beautiful women is no more. All right, I'm going to leave that on. Ah. We're just trying to be a politically correct show because I'm a snowflake, Devin. Apparently some I of us are anyway. I hate TV, brother. She's hot, damn it. You got me. Fine, yes, Devin. Thank you you got me. Ivanka Trump's hot. I'm yeah, fine. You yeah. got me. You cornered me. We ain't ashamed. Uh, and, and also, Thanks. I have to say, I'm so proud of you, brother, for just taking on the bet. Taking on, man. Now, you know, I don't want to see you get hurt or stabbed, but you know what I mean? You made the bet. You got to, you know. I'm going with it, man. I'm going to have to uh. deal with I'm gonna have to deal with the repercussions. What are you doing this weekend? What's Devin getting up to? It's too cold. I mean, I'm a father. I have to go out and shop for food. And right now, I'm going to take my kids to see Star Wars or Jumanji, whichever one we get in town for. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to stay in the house, man. How many kids you got, Devin? Two. little boy and a little girl. Congratulations. Here's hoping they want to see Star Wars. Uh, my daughter, you know what? Surprisingly, my daughter was like, Star Wars! And my son was like, no, I don't want to. He always say, whatever she say, he goes against it. Okay. Well, you're the deciding factor. Let me know on Monday what you choose, all right, buddy? Sure. And I wanted to say uh, this whole Patriot thing is called karma, brother. Damn no matter, right. No matter what we do, it comes back on us, and it comes back on us ferociously, because that's how you pay your debts, baby. I'm a little bit irritated that everyone's been calling out the Steelers this year for the drama and acting like New England's above it, but reality check, they ain't. They deal with the same stuff every franchise does, and finally it happens to those bastards. May the force be with you, Devin. Coming up next, it is Randy Slack, the Bud Light Happy Hour. It's frigid outside. Come on in. Carson City Saloon. It's the Crowley Show.